Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It seems like just yesterday we were talking about the potential for the next recession. We, we had gone so long without a recession following the Great Recession. Uh, and, and then before you knew it, we were in one because of the, uh, you know, the coronavirus induced recession. And, and of course, that was one of the shortest, if not the shortest recession here in the United States uh, in our history uh, because of the huge amounts of fiscal and, and monetary stimulus uh, that, that came out of that uh, crisis. And yet here we are once again here in 2021, heading into 2022. And, and once again, I think recession has to be on our minds. I do believe that we are headed for another recession in 2022, unless some things change. Now, I'm not saying these things should change or that it would be a good thing, because ultimately what I mean by that statement is that unless there is a, a significant change in in the course that fiscal and monetary policy is taking here in the United States, meaning the Fed stops tightening and, and the, the, you know, federal government, um, starts, you know, handing out more and more of that, you know, helicopter money and, and stimulus checks and whatnot. Unless those things change, I, I do believe that by the end of 2022, we will be headed for a recession. Now, why do I think that's the case? Well, I want to go down sort of a laundry list of, of reasons here. And, and I think we'll start off with the Fed briefly here because I certainly have talked about them at length in a lot of my recent podcasts. But the, the Fed is, is on a tightening path. They have been for a short while now when, with their, their recently started, uh, taper of their, their bond buying purchases, a taper that was sped up at their most recent meeting, uh, will end at its current, you know, taper plan taper pace, um, the QE program will be over by March 2022. Additionally, the Fed is is forecasting uh, their, their expectation to raise interest rates six times in the next uh, two years, three times in 2022, three times in 2023. Such a tightening path is going to put a significant strain on not just the economy, but it's going to put a significant strain on markets. The stock market is not going to like that. And likely we will find a significant correction, if not a full blown bear market, um, by, by the end of the second quarter of 2022, if that tightening path continues because the stock market and, and many related markets, including, you know, corporate debt markets and whatnot, uh, they, they, they are so reliant on stimulus. They're so reliant on that liquidity and those low interest rates. And when you start to slowly pull back on that, it doesn't take a whole lot for, for those asset prices to drop. And, and it might not seem like a lot, right? Stopping QE and raising rates maybe once or twice, but when you have a system that is, is even more indebted than it was, uh, you know, early 2020 before the, the coronavirus pandemic and, and, and the related crisis, when you have a system that's even more indebted and more leveraged than that, and, and, and the bubbles are even bigger, then they become a lot, 
a lot easier to pop. And that leverage, that debt becomes a much bigger deal for our economy. But it's not just the Federal Reserve and it's not just monetary policy that is, you know, bringing me to this conclusion. Uh, fiscal policy. We have kind of a big piece of news and, and it's not that it hasn't been talked about in the media, but, but what Biden's, uh, build back better plan is kind of dead in the water right now. Now, I, I do expect this plan actually to, to probably get passed at some point by Congress and signed by, by Biden. But as of right now, with Joe Manchin's recent, um, decision to, to not support the bill, the $2 trillion build back better plan is essentially dead in the water. And, and that, has a lot of things in it that uh, without, I mean, our economy, which is again, really dependent on monetary and fiscal stimulus, will will find difficult to, to not, not stay out of, or to not go into a recession. Um, things like the, uh, 250 to $300 per, per kid per month, um, boost to to the child tax credit essentially um, for those of you that don't have kids or that are making you know upwards of whatever the the limit is uh and since since july of this year the u.s government has been depositing that amount 250 to 300 dollars per kid in uh, the parents bank account as part of the child tax credit rather than you know the the lump sum that they get as part of their tax return and in that amount in the tax return, you know, the amount that is being dispersed each year is larger than it was before. Well, that expires unless it's renewed by the Build Back Better plan. Um, SNAP benefits, the, the increase in SNAP benefits is um, going to be ending at the end of this month, end of December and into the new year. That's going to have a, it was a, an emergency monthly allotment that, that was handed out to to those people that are on the program, that's going to be ending at the end of this month, right? Both of those things have a significant impact on demand here in the economy and spending. How about uh, student loan payments? Those are starting again. I think it's the end of January. They're starting again. And uh, that's going to have an impact on demand because now all of that money that had been, you know, not going to those payments is now going to those payments again. 1.7 trillion. That was the number like a year or two ago that, that, the U.S. owed in, in student loan debt, the, the U.S. You know, students that had gone through universities and whatnot. Coming up on probably $2 trillion now. I haven't checked the most recent number. Um, a lot of mortgages that were in uh, forbearance, half to, to one million mortgages, um, will no longer be in uh, forbearance at the end of uh, um, or, or early 2022. Again, that will have a huge impact on demand, right? Those things alone are going to have a huge impact on uh, our, our GDP in, in the first and second quarter, unless something changes, unless something changes in terms of monetary and fiscal policy. But to make it even worse, hey, guess what? We got another variant, another strain that's going around now, Omicron. I'm not going to go in depth here about COVID because that's just something I haven't done since the very beginning because it's become so over-politicized and it's become so opinionated and there's a lot to say about it. And then it's not in my best interest to, to get deep into that, except to say that from an economic perspective, like it or not, there's going to be an economic impact from that here in the United States. And, and, and we're going to probably see some amount of lockdowns 
or even if it's just people isolating, I mean, the way that this is spreading, even if it doesn't, even if it's not as severe, you're going to have a lot of people isolating because they're going to test positive. That's going to impact people's, you know, economic output, their productivity and whatnot. But how about this? What happens when this variant goes through China? What happens if their vaccine, like many of the other ones, proved to not be all that efficient at actually preventing infection with this new variant, this new strain? What happens to China's economy? Do they shut down? I mean, that's kind of a big concern that should be in people's minds. This is a very fast-spreading um, variant, and from what it looks like. And unless China gooses their numbers, unless they change their rules on things, and unless they lock down and, and, and close up a lot of you know, businesses or factories or, or entire cities, um, it's probably going to spread pretty quickly through China as well. I should say, if they don't goose their numbers, it, it would be spreading quickly, even if it wouldn't look like it, according to their numbers. It's hard to say what they're going to do, but that is something that needs to be on people's minds, because if they do end up um, shutting things down, then then that is, you know, going to be very bad for, for the supply chain here in the United States, It'd be very bad for their sort of economic impulse, It'd be very bad for the entire global economy, right? You have Europe's economy, which is probably going to be impacted by this variant as well with a lot of lockdowns that we're seeing here. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not going into, again, I'm not getting into the politics or the science of the variant. I'm just saying the economic impacts are, or the reality that we're faced with good or bad. And, uh, and, and when you have something like that happening in China or you have it happening in Europe, um, you're, you're going to have an economic impact here on the United States. Speaking of economic impacts abroad, how about Turkey? Turkey's dealing with a, a currency collapse. Uh, it's a currency collapse that they've been in the midst of since, you know, at least 2017, I think. Um, but, but it's, it's the, their currency has lost at least half of its value since that time span. Um, what, what happens when Turkey's economy and ultimately, you know, their society starts to, to fall apart, that that's going to have an impact on economic growth in Europe, in the United States. And I think it's, it's something that not enough people are paying attention to the ramifications of it. You see a lot in the financial news because of the size of Turkey's economy. Um, a lot of attention being paid to Erdogan and his <laughs> unconventional policies to try and stop inflation and, and the currency crisis. Um, but when it ultimately does end in a high inflationary collapse and when it does end in um, a lot of pain for, for people in their society or, or a lot of anger, how, how does that end? Does that end in some sort of a civil war, a coup d'etat? As some have suggested, maybe Erdogan's going to get out of the country and somebody else is going to take over. Does it end in something that 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 is not directed at uh, their own country, but may, maybe a different country, right? Maybe Turkey um, takes on a more belligerent uh, stance against the Middle East and Syria or against Russia or NATO, which they're part of, but, but, you know, Europe and whatnot, what if they pull out of NATO or what if they, I mean, there's a lot of question marks there and, and, and those black swans or those unexpected events, they tend to happen in times in which there's a lot of instability within a country. These are all questions we have to be started, start asking. But again, if we just go down to the basics of recession 2022 here in the United States, I think it's happening unless fiscal and monetary policy changes, 
right? Unless a major market crash is averted, unless stimulus checks are sent out, <laughs> unless um, Build Back Better comes through, and I'm not saying it should, I'm just saying unless those things happen, we're going to begin a recession in 2022. And it's going to be unexpected by a lot of people. But but you got to remember that, you know, when you have an economy with aging demographics, and when you have an economy with an increasing amount of debt and leverage within the system, with each recession that is thwarted temporarily by monetary and fiscal intervention, that leverage is not done away with. It's either shifted to the federal government or it stays within the uh, uh, the corporate or the, the consumer space and it's enabled by lower rates or stimulus. Um, it's not done away with. And, and suddenly the ceiling for growth within such an economy is lower than it was before. To, to stay out of recession, I think it's, it's no doubt that our economy needs a high amount of stimulus. And that was not always the case. Even after the Great Recession, for that time period between the Great Recession and the uh, COVID pandemic in 2020, th- there was some amount of stimulus that was required. But there's more that's required now. It no longer has to be just the monetary thing. And it no longer... Um, I mean, it has to be, has to be on the fiscal side as well to a much greater extent. So I, I'd love to hear your thoughts and down below in the comment section. You know, as of right now, the Atlanta Fed, their GDP now forecast for, for Q4 is, is around 7%. That's their estimate coming down from their high of almost 10%. Um, and, and it's going to be crazy to see what that cliff looks like as we head into Q1 and, and Q2 once a lot of these stimulus programs uh, come to an end. You know, before I go, I just want to give each of you guys an update on some of the things I've been working on here on this channel. So what you guys see is a lot of podcasts, you know, three a week, a lot of times. I think I did two last week. Um, I'm looking to up that to some extent. Um, I, I never want to, you know, put out 10 episodes a week and for it to be of poor quality, but I think that there's a sweet spot in which I can increase the pace, maybe another one or two podcasts a week while still providing good quality, um, content. So that's something I'm looking at. Um, but, but aside from that, there's a lot of other things I want to keep you guys updated on. Um, as, as some of you guys know, and, and have read, um, zero sum, uh, the book one of the civil strife series came out in October of this year. Um, I actually just finished writing book two y- yesterday. Uh, now writing and that's, that's just sort of the rough draft. There's a lot of revisions, a lot of changes that I have to make, which will take some time. And then before it even gets published, I'm going to be sending it off to a narrator, of course, um, to, to get the audiobook format ready so that, that I can publish the audiobook and, and paperback and ebook version all at once. So, so we're looking probably early February, um, for that. Uh, but be stay tuned for that. And then there's a couple other projects that I want to, to keep working on. Um, I have an interview. I have a, uh, live stream this week with, with Yankee stacking over on his channel. Uh, that's going to be Thursday night, I believe. Um, so I'd love for each of you guys to, to set a reminder for his channel and, and tune into that. Uh, next week, I, I'm hoping to have a, an interview guest on, on my channel and to start having them on a little more regularly, maybe not once every, you know, two months, uh, but maybe once or twice a month. And then I'm also looking at a couple other series. I'm looking at, um, creating a, a short story that will be free for each of you guys to read and listen to, 
um, here on this channel that relates to my Civil Strife series and, and the Zero Sum book and the second book. And it's essentially going to be a short story that takes place uh, simultaneous to to uh, to the first book. I think you guys will enjoy that a lot. And it's going to be published here on, on this channel and possibly elsewhere as an audio book. Um, I'm looking at creating another nonfiction book that relates to prepping. It's not going to be so much a how-to in terms of prepping because that's a, you know, that's a lot. That, that could be an entire tome. Nor do I feel like I'm, you know, the authoritative, authoritative um, expert on, on all aspects of prepping, right? Because there's a lot that goes into that. And, you know, that's just not quite my my forte. But I think there's a thing I, thing or two that I know. It's something I've, I've spent a lot of time doing and, and thinking about in, in the years that I've considered myself a prepper. And, and that's what that is going to be. It's going to be here on this channel. It's probably going to be an ebook format as well. And it's essentially going to be a, um, things that people don't think of. So it's not going to be how to, you know, every aspect of, of food and, 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 and water and protection and shelter and all that for, for prepping. It's more so going to be a look at, um, things that, that people miss, things that people don't think about when it comes to prepping, which I think there's a lot of things that there are just unrealistic uh, expectations regarding uh, based on the different scenarios that people prep for. And there's a lot of things that people simply do not think about in the first place. So I'm looking forward to that as well. You can expect that probably early 2022. But but again, I want to thank each and every one of you um, for, for, for your support, for tuning into to today's podcast. And, uh, and I hope you guys will continue to enjoy some of the things that are coming down the pipe in the future. Of course, if you want to support me, liking this video, commenting, subscribing, hitting that, that bell notification button is going to help a ton. Um, as will, you know, checking out, uh, book one of that series, Zero Sum. And, and, you know, there's a link down below in the description. In fact, if you don't have Audible, if you don't, or if you're not subscribed to it, if you click that special link down below there, you, that, that will bring you to uh, their website and you'll get a month free and you'll get my book free, um, the, the audiobook version. So check that out as well if you're, you're interested in that and if you guys are looking to support me. But as always, I'd like, I'd like to thank uh, each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast and God bless.